Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. This is our last week in our series entitled Insider Trading, Insider Trading. And the definition, it's been a three-week series, and this is our third week. And the definition of insider trading is this. The illegal use of information available only to the insiders in order to make a a profit in financial trading. Of course, insider trading in publicly traded organizations is actually illegal. You can't do that. You can go arrested. You can get arrested, go to jail. Remember Martha Stewart, that whole thing. That was insider trading information. And, uh, but the Bible, what's interesting is the Bible is full of insider trading information, meaning this, that only those who decide to commit their life to Christ and as they start to open up God's word, there is information in there that all of a sudden starts to be revealed into your life and God wants you to take that inside information, the ones that he, the information that he has given to his believers, to his followers, and he wants you to use that to benefit your life, to improve your life, to make your life a success. He wants you to take that inside information. The Bible states these words in 1 Chronicles 29.12. It says, Wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand. And at your discretion, people are made great and given strength. 1 Chronicles 29.12. Wealth and honor come from you alone. See, I think sometimes we forget that it is God who blesses our life. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. It comes from our Heavenly Father, and He's blessed us in our life. And we forget that, that God is our provider. And it's so important that we remember that truth. It's our responsibility when it comes to the area of finances or maybe time or the blessings that he gives us. It is our responsibility to be good stewards of that. It's our responsibility to use those resources in such a way that honors him and glorifies him. Our perspective in this area is so important. Because without a godly perspective, when it comes to your finances especially... Without a godly perspective, to realize that, God, you're the one who has blessed me. What happens is sometimes that we can become arrogant. We can become conceited. We can think that we're all that in a bag of chips. We think, that, oh, man, look at me. Look at what I have done. And all of a sudden, when that starts to take place in your heart, guess what takes place? God cannot use an arrogant and conceited heart. It says in Scripture that God uses a humbled heart. And so this is the truth why it's so important that we keep this perspective that everything good, that everything that God blesses us comes from God. God desires that we walk humbly before him and yet have confidence in him. When we walk humbly before him, it's not that we're supposed to put our head down and, oh, woe is me kind of, that's not humble. That's not humility. What God wants us to do is walk in humility, understand that he is the one that is guiding and directing our life, but be confident. In fact, we should have more confidence because God is with us than than if God was not with us. We should walk with confidence, but not with arrogance. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah. It's good. Over the last three weeks, the first week we talked about is more blessed to give than to receive. That was our first insider trading tip. 
Last week, it was where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This week, our inside trading tip is found in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. It says that, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled with to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. This is a principle that is found mainly in the Old Testament. But this is a principle that is threaded through even the New Testament. I believe it's a principle for us to live today. This principle, if followed, is life-changing. It's not always easy to do. You know, following Christ is not always easy to do. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's saying no to certain things that's going to make you unpopular. Sometimes it's saying yes to things that will make you unpopular. It's not always easy. But man, is it ever rewarding. In fact, I would say that the rewards are out of this world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There are certain principles in the Old Testament that some choose to abandon, claiming that they are no longer applicable to our lives today. And this is one of those principles that sometimes people just kind of abandon this idea of first fruits. Because Jesus fulfilled the law, which he did. Many claim the law is no longer valid to our lives. But Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17, he says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Meaning, as a follower of Jesus, the law no longer has the power to condemn us to death. That's the cool thing right there. That the law no longer can condemn us to death because of Jesus and his action for our lives. Because through faith... We live not under our righteousness, we live under the righteousness of God. And this is what can set people free. Because sometimes if you just look at your own self and the sin that you've had in your life and the things that you've done wrong, it can become overwhelming. And you think it is absolutely impossible that you could ever have a good relationship with God. I know people that have walked through this door and they're really shaking as they walk through the door thinking that God is going to strike them dead with lightning because of how bad their lives are. True statement. And when they walk in that direction, it is our job as a church to be able to share the good news of Jesus Christ and his righteousness that no longer is dependent upon your righteousness. If you're willing to repent and ask for forgiveness of your sins, you can be set free. I'm preaching another message, but that's okay. I'm going there. Paul tells us in 1 Timothy 1.8 that the law is good. If one uses it properly. You know the Ten Commandments are good commandments. That we should follow and not abandon. So the idea that everything in the Old Testament is no longer valid or applicable to our lives is false. There are many principles that are found in the Old Testament that are still valid for our lives today. I believe the principle of honoring God with our wealth. With our first fruits is still a principle for our lives today. Today I want to focus on one thought. One thought. I got one point today. That's it. Man, I've been studying all week, and that's all that God gave me. It was one point. So I share it with you today. And it's found in Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. Thank you for receiving it. You honor God by giving your first and best. That's the inside trading tip for the day. You honor God by giving your first and best. First fruits has nothing to do with second, third, fourth, fifth. First fruits has everything to do with your best. 
It's not your leftovers in the fridge unless it's lasagna because lasagna is always better the second day. But otherwise, it's not your leftovers in the fridge. God wants your first and your best. First fruits does not represent yesterday's increase or yesterday's leftovers. What can I do without? The principle of first fruits is having an attitude and an action that I am going to give my very best to God today. This principle was given uh, prior to the Old Testament law, and a lot of people don't understand that. It was given prior to the Old Testament law. It's been in existence from the very time, from the very beginning, with through the sons of Cain or through the sons of Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel. That's when it came about. Let me let me share it to you in Genesis chapter four, verses two through seven. This is a really cool account of what's taking place with Cain and Abel. Listen to this story. When they grew up, Abel, who was a shepherd, while Cain, Abel was a shepherd, while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. That's a whole message right there. We can't go there today, Pastor Tom. (laughs) But you must subdue it and be its master. Let's, let's just pray for one moment. Lord Jesus, I thank you today that, God, you are first and foremost, Lord God, in this church and in our lives. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would remove any distractions, Lord God, that would take us away from your word. I pray, God, that you, Lord God, would be first and foremost. And that, Lord God, that there would be a breakthrough that would take place in people's lives today, I pray in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. This is an amazing story. When I was younger, I always felt bad for Cain. I did. I always felt God, that God kind of gypped Cain. Because, I mean, come on, Cain brought an offering. He brought something to the Lord, and, and God was kind of like, man, you know, he just kind of rejected it. He rejected the gift. He accepted Abel's, but rejected Cain's gift. But you see, when I was younger, I didn't understand the principle of first fruits. We've all grown up with cultural statements in our lives, and at times, they're, contradiction to the, they're a contradiction to, the God, to God's word. You've probably heard the statement, it's the thought that counts. You've heard that statement? It's the thought that counts. When, when someone gives you something that you just don't desire, oh, it's the thought that counts. You know, when, when all of a sudden someone, you know, it's, it, it's the thought that counts. And, and we, we make that statement, but in this story, that statement does not apply. Because Cain's thoughts were not aligned up, were not lined up with God's principles. It's an important statement to understand and to grasp. The reason why God didn't accept Cain's sacrifice is up for debate. You can debate it. Some think that it's because it wasn't an animal sacrifice, that he didn't bring the animal sacrifice. That's why God rejected Cain's gift or offering. But my inclination is this, that it had more to do with Cain's attitude than what it actually was presented. According to scripture, Cain was a a farmer and Abel was a rancher. And regarding Cain's offering, the scripture states this. 
If you can put that scripture back up, you're welcome to. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. But then when it came to Abel's offering, you read this portion, it says, And Abel also brought a gift. The best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. Abel presented the first and the best. I believe Cain's offering was rejected because there was nothing special about his offering. And it didn't represent his first and it didn't represent the best. The scripture clearly states that Abel brought the best portions from the firstborn. When Cain presented some of his crops. Cain brought his leftovers. First fruits is giving the first and the best of your increase to God. It's not your leftovers. How would you like to go over to someone's house and you've been invited to dinner over at their house and, and it's a new, and all of a sudden they go, well, you know what? We didn't really prepare some, but we got some stuff in the fridge and they start bringing out the leftovers. <laughs> Throwing it down. Just feel free to use the microwave. Just heat it up and you're looking to see if there's any mold on it or whatever else. You, you know what I mean? It'd be like kind of the like last time you'd ever go to the house. But sometimes that's what we do with God. We give him the leftovers. The leftovers. First fruits is giving the first and the best of your increase to God. It's a way that we honor who God is in our life and declare our dependence upon him. In the Jewish culture, there was a feast or a festival that was called the first fruits or the feast of weeks. It was a time every year where people would bring their offering to God and they and it represented their first and the best of, what, of their crop, of whatever they harvested. They brought their first and their best. Listen to this in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 10. It represents the very first time of this feast of weeks or this, this first fruit offering. Leviticus 23:10. The Lord speaking to Moses. Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, when you come into the land that I give you and reap its harvest, you shall bring the sheaf of the firstborns or the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. Now, let me give you a little background to this verse. Remember, the children of Israel had been wandering in the desert. They wandered in the desert for 40 years. Prior to their desert experience, they had been slaves in Egypt. They've known nothing but bondage. That generation, the several generations, all they have known is bondage as a result of their disobedience. Yet because of the Israelites' prayer, because of the repentance, because they cried out to the Lord, God chooses to answer the promise that he had given to their, their forefather, Abraham, several hundred years before. He says, now it's the time to fulfill that promise. You see, Abraham's already dead, but God's promise is still alive and very active. And that's a truth that you need to grab a hold of in your life. God's promise never disappeared. If he makes a promise, it's going to come be, be fulfilled. It was now time for that promise of occupying new land to be fulfilled. And God wanted Moses to give this message to the children of Israel. When you enter the land I am giving you and you reap its harvest, Bring to the priest a sheaf of first grain that you harvest. The very first, bring it to the Lord. Why would God require this of the Israelites? I believe it was to remind the Israelites of God's goodness. It was to remind them 
of the promise fulfilled. It was to remind them that the harvest was not their doing, but God's doing. You see, they'd been wandering around the desert. They'd been in bondage for whatever it was, two, three, four hundred years in Egypt. Now God is setting them free and is bringing them into a new land, a promised land. And the last thing that he wants them to do is to forget how they got from point A to point B. Because sometimes what happens in our lives, we get from here... God has delivered me. God has set me free. God has... And we get here and we forget what God has done in our life. We forget that it was God who did it. We start thinking that we're all that in a bag of chips and look what I have accomplished. And God says, no, 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 no. Because if you depend on yourself, guess what? You're going to, find, you're going to discover disappointment. You're going to start discover that things aren't as good as you thought it was going to be. Because God created us in such a way that our dependence must be upon him and not upon ourselves. Many times after we get on the other side of bondage, after we've been delivered from the desert experience, we forget who delivered us and we just start living life for ourselves. God never wanted the Israelites to forever forget who delivered them, who rescued them. Look at the very first commandment. Remember, when the Israelites are out in the wilderness, when they're out in the desert for those 40 years, Moses is leading them. Remember, that's when the law begins. That's when Moses goes up to Mount Sinai and he gets, receives the Ten Commandments. And the very first commandment that God gives Moses and the children of Israel is this commandment. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. The reason God made that declaration, because he knew that if they, didn't, they forgot that, guess what? They would not have blessing over their life. They would not have protection over their life. Their life would be full of destruction, failure. It was God who provided. And for you and for me, that is the first fruit principle that we must always remember, that it is God who has provided for our lives. It's a principle for today. God never wants us to forget that truth. The Israelites struggled in keeping God first. Read the Old Testament. I know it's tough, guys, but it's important because the Old Testament points to Christ. The Old Testament is a story of why we so desperately needed Jesus. Because if you read the Old Testament, you'll discover that the blessings God, time and time again, he blessed the Israelites. And time and time again, the Israelites forgot who God was. They started rejecting God. They started to turn their heart away from God. They started serving other gods. And God, in his kindness and his goodness, says, no, 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 no. You must always see me. You must always honor me. You must always keep me first. You must never serve any other gods but me. It wasn't for a selfish reason. It was for the reason that he loved his children. God wants us to keep him first in our lives. He never wants you to forget that through his son Jesus, you can be delivered from the bondage of sin. But that, that promise requires faith. It requires that we must remain in him. It requires that we must keep God first in our life. You see, I think sometimes people ask the question in their mind, why does God require that we honor and praise him? I mean, the scripture says God inhabits the praises of his people. Isn't that kind of narcissistic? Isn't that kind of vain? Isn't that kind of conceited? I mean, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you've ever thought that. 
But I think some people think that. Why does God require that we praise him all? Why does, it, why does it require everything from me? What, what, what's the purpose of that? God is too just selfish. And I'm here to declare you there's nothing selfish about God. God is completely selfless. 100%. He's the exact opposite of selfishness. Hip's purpose of the first fruit offering wasn't for his benefit. It was established to be a reminder for the Israelites of who their source was. God never wanted them to put their, their hope into false gods because they knew that it would just bring disappointment and destruction. God is completely selfless to the point that he was willing to give his one and only son for the punishment for our sins. Think about that. He was so selfless that his one son that resided with him in heaven, he sent to earth to take on the punishment of our sins so that we could be set free. Are you that selfless to give up one of your children for someone else? Are you selfless enough to be able to do that? You see, God loves you that much. He is so selfless that he was willing to sacrifice his own son, Christ, for your sins. It's important to understand. This is so important to understand. I need you to catch this thought. I'm throwing it out right now as a baseball pitch. Put your glove on and just catch this thought, okay? Catch it. Get it in your spirit. Because it's so important to understand that Jesus represents the first fruit offering given to us by our Heavenly Father. He gave his first and best so that you might be redeemed. He didn't give leftovers. He didn't give any, oh, wait, let, me see, let me see what I got around in heaven. Uh, you know, maybe that will work. Send that down. See if that helps him. He didn't send any leftovers. He sent his very best, his firstborn son for you and for me. Paul writes these words in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20. He says, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Signifying that Jesus' resurrection is the first of a great harvest that is still to come. It's happening right now, but it's still coming all the way through the future. It's a, it represents, you see, first fruits. When you, when you give of that first, what you're doing is you're blessing the rest that's to come. When, Jesus, when God gave Jesus on the cross for our sins, it is blessing the rest of us who are coming. His righteousness is where we find hope. In his righteousness, Jesus led the way, and through him we have eternal life. The scripture that I read earlier in Leviticus, I want to read it to you again. But this time I want to include the following verse, verse 11. So we read verse 10. I I want to also read again, but I want to include verse 11, because I think there's something here for some of us that we can grab a hold of that maybe will be life-changing for us. Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, when you come in to the land that I have given you and reap its harvest, remember what we're talking about, the Israelites are going to come into the new promised land. God's given them this order for the first fruit offering. When we come to that land and you're going to reap that harvest, you shall bring the sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. Verse 11. And he shall wave the sheaf He shall wave the sheep. Get that in your mind. He's waving it. He shall wave the sheep before the Lord so that you may be accepted. On the day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. Now, he's taking that that, that offering that you have given, and he's waving it like this unto the Lord 
so that you can be accepted for the offering that you have given. He's waving it because you're putting God first. You're recognizing that the blessing that you currently have right now is not, has nothing to do with you, but it has to do with the grace and the mercy of God. Amen. He has blessed me, and I am giving my first fruit offering, and the priest is waving the sheaf before the Lord. It demonstrated Israel's obedience in honoring God as their provider. Now here's where the insider trading tip takes place and just comes to life. The promise is that we bring our first and our best. Then God would bless all that came afterward. He would bless the rest of the harvest. Catch us. Catch us thought. Our Heavenly Father practiced, practiced this principle by giving his first, his best. His one and only son. So all that who followed in faith would be blessed. It's the principle of the first fruits. Jesus states this in John chapter 12, verse 32. And there's, a, there's, a, there's an image I want you to get a hold of here. And when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. When Jesus was raised on that cross, it was like in the Old Testament when they brought the sheaf into the priest and the priest would take that first, that first fruit offering and they would start waving it up. When Jesus was raised on that cross, basically it's the first fruit offering that God gave so that he could redeem all of mankind. Everyone to follow was going to be redeemed because of the act that Jesus did for you and for me. Set us free from bondage. Set us free from sin. Set us free from addiction. Set us free, boom, 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 boom. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he's going to bless the rest. God raised his son on a cross to be a symbol, waving to all mankind of his goodness and his love. It was an action taken so that the rest of the harvest could be redeemed, could be blessed. The rest of the harvest is you and it's me. It's all of us if we have our faith in Jesus. When Jesus was resurrected, it represented our future resurrection. Did you catch that? When Jesus is resurrected, guess what? It prepares a way for when we die, our spirits be raised back to life in him. Because Christ was resurrected. John eleven twenty five. 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Jesus tells that to Martha. Martha was the, uh, the sister to Lazarus who had died and was in the tomb. He says, guess what? I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. And anyone who believes in me, guess what? They will, not, they will live even after they die. They're going to keep on living. This is why it's so important that we continue to honor Jesus in everything that we do. In all that we have. Including in our giving. Because as we continue to lift up the name of Jesus... We are declaring God's goodness, God's love, God's grace, God's purpose, God's direction in our lives. Let me return to the inside trader tip of the day. Scripture says, Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. I encourage you to just take this scripture this week and read it each day. Get it in your spirit each day, each day. Just read it. Every morning, wake up each day and read it. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. There is a double blessing that God gives us when we honor him with our first fruits. First, the first blessing is not mentioned necessarily in this scripture, 
But practicing first fruits reminds us that God is our ultimate priority. When I give my first fruits, Pastor Tom, how do you give your first fruits? My first fruit can be in many different ways, but one of the ways I do is tithing. When I give my first fruit, it continually reminds me that God is my priority in my life. He's, he's priority of my mortgage. He's priority over my car payment. He's priority over my, my food that I eat for lunch. He's priority. Do you get understand? He's priority. He takes priority over everything in my life. The second blessing is mentioned in this scripture. God promises that if you will always have more, that if you honor him with your wealth, with the first words you go, you will always have more than enough. God blesses those who will continue to. God needs givers, not just in finances, but God needs givers in every area. Love, forgiveness, he needs more. Boy, I'm telling you right, right now, in this world that we live in today, man, we could sure use some forgiveness. We could sure use some people that could have some understanding, forgiveness, love, care. God needs people who are willing to honor him by giving their first and their best. By honoring God, we are directing our heart to the right source. Just like I shared last week, what we treasure guards our life. When we honor God, guess what? It's guiding our life. Giving our first fruits represents our commitment to God. Remembering honoring God is not for God's sake, or not for our sake, or for God's sake, it's for our sake. Honoring God will always keep you pointed in the right direction. So you might ask this question, Pastor Tom, how do I practice first fruits in my life? It's choosing to give God your very best and the first. In the Old Testament, they would bring their first fruits at the beginning of harvest. How many are farmers here today? Not very many farmers here today. Not one. Oh, maybe one. One. Gardener. Maybe a gardener. Most of us aren't ranchers. Most of us aren't farmers. In the Old Testament, when you're a farmer, when, you're, when you had the harvest time, that's when you brought your first fruit. For most of us, our first fruits comes weekly or, or, or bi-weekly or, or monthly or whatever else. And I just challenge you, and that's just in the area of finances. I'm not talking about other areas yet. I just challenge you, make sure you give your first and your best. Because the scripture promises this, it's an insider trading trip. When you honor me with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your increase, then guess what? Man, your barns will be full with plenty. Vats will be overflowing with new wine. Because God needs people to put him first in their lives. It represents to everybody else that, you know what? Nothing else is more important than God. Nothing more else is more important than Jesus. Don't give God your leftovers. When I choose to tithe, which is giving 10% of your income, I've been doing it for years. Man, Pastor Tommy, have you ever figured out how much money you're giving? I used to. <laughs> I don't now. I just give it because I know. And the only thing I work on when I give is I give it joyfully. I don't give it begrudgingly. I don't give it, man, I wish I, I don't do, I just say, God, thank you. Yeah. And I write out the check, or for some of you more technical people, you put it on your church app and you, you know, download it on that. And I give it gratefully because what God's doing in and through my life. 
I'm telling you, God continues to pour out blessing. And you can't limit God. You can't limit God that he's going to pour out more blessing financially. He could. But I'm telling you, he pours out blessing in things that are worth more than money. Amen. Healthy marriage. Loving family. Good All these things that God just keeps on pouring out into our lives. I don't wait to see if I have enough. I just commit to God first and choose. I personally believe that we can practice first fruits in all areas of our life. For example, and this really hit me as I was preparing this message. Hit me personally, and I share it to you. When I pray, when I read God's word, am I giving him my best time? Or am I giving him my leftover time? Am I giving God the time that I have left instead of the time that is most precious to me? Which one are you giving? That's just a little thought, a little nugget. I'm a PK, which means you're a pastor kid, and I grew up in a pastor's home. And um, there was an old evangelist that used to come through, and uh, he drove an old black, he always drove an old black Cadillac. And, and my dad was the pastor, and he would come into our area, and there was times where it uh, didn't matter if he was speaking at our church or someone else's church. He'd always want to stay in our home. And so dad was always gracious. And in fact, his name was Linfield Crowder. And uh, he was a man that really I recommended my life to Christ. And is really where I got the calling to go into ministry for my life. It was under his ministry. He was that evangelist I speak of once in a while. They hang you over hell with a rotten stick. You know that? You have a rotten stick hanging over hell. Man, you come down and you'd be at the altars, man, bawling your eyes out. God, I got saved so many times under his ministry. It's crazy. But when he stayed at our house, drive his old black Cadillac, the back of the, the, the Cadillac would drive like this, because he'd, he'd, he'd go to all the used bookstores, and his trunk would be full of books that he'd buy, and he'd be driving down the road like this, and he'd stay at the house, and he'd get up like at 5, 6 o'clock in the morning. Every morning when he'd wake up at our house, the first words that you would hear and they were loud and they would shake the house. I'm not, he had a big voice. But, Good morning, Lord. At five or six in the morning, you don't want to hear that. Yeah, great. You know, I was still asleep. The Lord might be awake, but I was still asleep. I used to think it was funny as a kid. He'd always wake up. Good morning, Lord. And I was actually preparing. I never really thought about it until I was preparing this message. I think God just revealed something to me because he's been, he's been dead, he's long gone. And God just kind of spoke in my spirit. He was giving my, his first and his best to me. The very first words that he would speak when he woke up was, good morning, Lord. He would set his direction immediately for his life for that day. Good morning, Lord. He was recognizing who was Lord of his life. Good morning, Lord. That's how he started off his day. No other words would ever be coming out of his mouth first. It was just, good morning, Lord. Boom. You're the first. And you're the best. I'm moving forward with you, Lord. I'm presenting my first voice, my first words out of my mouth is to you, Lord. That's the first fruit offering. It's giving your first and your best. And the word of God says that when we do that, when we put God first in our lives, guess what? 
He's going to take care of all the rest. He is. Honor the Lord. Not just in your wealth. I'm going to add to it. Pastor Tom, you're heresy. I think I'm okay. I can read enough scripture. Not just with your wealth, but with everything in your life. Honor the Lord first and watch what he will do. Lord Jesus, thank you for your goodness today. Thank you for your love. I thank you, God, that we have the opportunity to serve you. I praise you today for all that you're doing in and through our lives. As we have taken communion today, I'm just reminding God of the first fruit offering that you sent on our behalf, your son Jesus. You didn't send any leftovers, you sent your very best. Your first. The only one who could set us free from our sin. And I pray today, Lord God, that attitude that you modeled for us would jump into our lives in a new and a fresh way. That God, in every area of our life, that we would give our very first and our very best. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you today. Heads bowed, eyes closed for just a moment. I'm not going to ask for a raising of hands. I'm not going to ask for you to... I just want you to think for just a moment. In your heart, I want to challenge you. Encourage you. If there's an area in your life that you know you're not giving your first and you're definitely not giving your best and you know that it's holding you back from really receiving all that God has for you you know it you, you can feel it in your heart right now it's your heart's just going right now I want to give you a simple word today Pastor Johnny gave me this word earlier this week you're never going to receive the blessings of God if you're not willing to step out in faith. And I want you to step out in faith today. I want you to believe that, man, it's not dependent upon myself. I am dependent upon God. And I'm going to give my best and my first. Whatever that might be, I'm stepping out in faith. And I'm going to put my trust in Him. Eyes open. Look up here. Today, if you've been thinking that, and if you pray that in your heart, and you step out in faith, I believe God can radically change everything in life. I'm not saying that everything's going to be rosy and perfect. What I'm saying is you're going to feel the presence of God with you throughout the whole process. He's never going to leave you nor forsake you. He will be with you. He will, you will have him there. You understand his goodness, his grace, his mercy, his love, his forgiveness. That's the key. I know so many successful people that are so torn up in their lives. Because what's taking place in their life is that their money's become their first and God's become their second. I'm telling you the truth. This week, I had a person text me on my phone this week that said, Pastor Tom, and he had the... Uh, he hasn't even heard this message. I haven't shared this message. And he had the, the, uh, the, the South Coast Christian uh, app on the phone where it talks about giving and where he's making, becoming a recurring giver. I'm going, 
this person is deaf without faith. He's putting his trust in God. He hasn't even heard the message I'm preaching today. And, he's, and I think it was for me, maybe in some ways, just to encourage me. Just preach my word. Preach my word. You got to preach my word. Keep sharing my word because it's going to change lives. But it requires that we're willing to step out in faith. Stop waiting. Start stepping out in faith. Tomorrow, wake up early. The first thing you do, maybe quote this scripture verse. But the first thing you do, give it to God. The very first thing for that day, give it to God. Don't let anything, give it to God. Let Him have your best and your first in your life. Just see what happens. Start practicing and see what takes place in your life. Amen? God good? All the time, He is good. Thank you for listening to me today. Thank you for letting me share His word to you today. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast. Because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.